You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this two-part episode is hosted by Ryan. We're pleased to present to you two fantastic women from two different types of worlds, one from the world of music and one from the world of television. First up is Unique. Unique is probably best known for her song with TT, the artist Off the Chain, which was sampled by Chloe Bailey and Murda Beats for her debut solo single, Have Mercy. In addition to being one of the members of the Jersey Club, Unique also has a strong focus on building community, especially in her hometown of Newark, New Jersey. She recently DJed with the launch of Girls Who Code's Code Fair. In our second segment, we welcome Jordan Curette. In a galaxy far, far away, the talented actress has joined the cast of Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Alongside Daveed Diggs and Nika Noni Rose, she plays Libby, the second installment of the popular series, which premiered on May 4th, which was Star Wars Day, and is currently streaming on Disney+. But there's more to Jordan than just her amazing acting skills. Outside of acting, she's passionate about making life better for kids herself. At just four years old, Jordan started her own nonprofit charity organization, Jordan's Joy, which helps kids in need from low-income households. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this two-part episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast, featuring music star Unique and actor Jordan Curit. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and it's been a minute for you, for me, you guys, where I get to jump into music. I'm so excited about this episode, especially when you're talking about artists that are doing things different, right? Like you mixing it up and just how music can inspire you to whether it's acting act more in your community um, or just, you know, a unique personality when you bring in 90 sitcoms, you know, yeah, you heard me right. So that's one way to kind of change it up. But, you know, like her name, Unique, is joining us today. And I can't, like, I heard songs like Microdosing, Off the Chain. I had to get myself together. I had to get myself up on game because I was so excited to talk to her about her inspirations and, you know, what she's got coming out next. So I want to welcome DJ and artist Unique. How you doing, Unique? Hey, what's up? How are you? So excited to talk to you. I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you for joining me. Thank so you for let's having talk. Me. Yeah. So let's talk about like your beginning, your origin. Tell us about the name, which by the way, you guys, this is all audio, but if you can see, like, hopefully you guys go and listen to her music after we talk about all of her inspirations, but it's spelled with two I's and it looks like a backwards E or it could be a three. It's just like, it's like so cool. I look when you, when you spell it <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's pronounced unique. And um, I spell it different because I come different. You know what I'm saying? I bring it fresh. <laughs> I keep it fresh. Um, 
Yeah, so that's my name, Unique. I just um, decided to go with that name and that spelling because when I decided to become a musician, it was just a lot of other unique spelt the regular way. So mm, I wanted to yeah. just, you know, set myself apart. But I got into music. I've been into music since forever. Um, I used to do concert band in school. I took piano lessons before. I love to be in chorus and I used to dance too. So all things performing arts was just, you know, I just love to express myself. Yeah. And I I think it's so interesting when you can find like, you know, at a certain age and you can figure out, you know, the correct avenue to be able to express yourself and get all your interests out and everything. And what was, I'm curious, what were like your early inspirations as far as, far as artists and how did you know, like what genre you really wanted to focus on? Mm. Well, I can say my early inspirations were Missy Elliott, Janet Jackson, Sierra. I just love how they always brought creativity and they incorporated dance into their music. You know, they, like it was just making people happy. I love that. Um, and I just love their style too. Their style is everything. So those were like my early inspirations, but also just club music. Being from New Jersey, you know, um, we have this specific genre called Jersey Club. And it's just the young generation's take on house, you know, house music. Um, and yeah, I just always got the party started. So I heard that from a very young age. And that's kind of just what steered me into like getting into dance music, per se. I mm. guess I really didn't associate it with a genre then. I was just too young and naive. I just was like, I like this party music. <laughs> I like this party music. It makes me dance. And we do these certain, you know, we do these specific line dances to this music. And that, yeah, I just, I just loved that, you know, being a dancer and a musician. I used to go to parties a lot, a lot of house parties as a teenager, a lot of teen parties. Um, and that's when I knew I be, I wanted to become a DJ because going to these parties, it was just a whole bunch of dudes DJing at the time. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Why are there no girls? Like, y'all just leave us to do the dance floor. Y'all just leave us to, to seize the floor, which is all great. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I just knew early on, I was like, no, we need like a girl behind the decks too. Like we need to be, since the girls on the floor, we don't need guys telling us what to do. We need like another girl. So I just really wanted to learn how to DJ. So I really took it upon myself to be at every party um you know I would link up with whoever had equipment in the city you know in the neighborhood whoever had equipment I was at their house practicing um yeah until I felt confident enough to go out there and do my thing <laughs> <laughs> and it was two things two things I want to bounce off of what you just said the first one I want to say is did you say line dancing yeah line dancing what now you got to tell us more about that because you know like you, we got to keep some I need to learn how to do this because I've always been interested but there's not a okay. lot of black women trying to put line <laughs> dancing into their music so you got to tell us more about learning that and how that because that's the one thing that stuck out to me because I was like <laughs> now that's interesting like not like you don't already have like a million things that already add to being unique but right. I thought that was cool thank you Jersey is a very special place like we have this specific dance genre called Jersey Club and it's very youth driven so everybody makes it dances to it you know it's just a big cultural movement here mm -hmm. and it's been taking the world by storm recently but we'll get into that a little later 
But as far as the line dancing goes, I feel like that's what brought everybody together. You know, it's kind of like cha-cha slide except Jersey Club. And we just have these very <laughs> yeah. flamboyant, fun dances that you do to the specific songs. Um, and it's just like the highlight of the party. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Now, yeah, our... yeah, now we got everybody doing our line dances. We got a little Uzi doing the line dances. Like... Nice. Yeah. You know, maybe Bad Bunny's going to break out into a sexy walk. Who knows? <laughs> hey, I'm here for all of that. I'm like, everybody break out to a lot of this. That, that yeah. is really cool. You need to learn but, how to rock your hips. Even Beyonce was rocking her hips. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. so cool. Like how the dancing, like you said, is changing up. And, um, you know, being Jersey Club music, Jersey Club queen, I forgot to mention off the topic okay. in the intro. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? So it's it's cool to get that, like anything that's mixing up, doing something different. Right. And like you said, it's about fun. These days, mm -hmm. we need something that brings about some kind of different energy. Where we can kind of escape for a little bit. But the second thing in what you were saying that I wanted to point out was when you're talking about female DJs, you've been mm -hmm. traveling around all these different cities DJing. What has been the biggest challenge and what tips can you offer for people starting out to DJ? Because you mentioned one thing very important. You were trying to find people that had equipment, right? Like that just being able to be willing to put yourself out there and figure out where you can learn certain things and, you know, just making your like continuing to learn is like a huge thing. Yeah, I mean... When I was getting my start, I feel like it was really hard to find equipment because it wasn't as accessible as it is now. But luckily, we have tons of spaces like within the community and DJ schools, even just like using the Internet. You know what I mean? To his greatest abilities to look up things, to learn how to be a DJ. But my my favorite thing to do and what I would tell people to do is just submerge yourself in it. Like if you want to be a DJ, you got to go to the clubs, you know, or you got to go to like the radio station or just, you know, try to be in that environment. And right. being in that environment, it was a lot of, it was a lot of obstacles. You know, when I first started out, um, it felt very isolated. Um, specifically some places I would travel to, um, I felt like it wasn't enough black women, but honestly, since then I've seen such a change in like the scene. Now, everywhere I go around the world, I'm DJing with women, um, black women, women of color, queer people. Yeah, it's it's I have like very colorful curated lineups now. And I love to see that. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy to be a part of that. And I'm happy to like witness it. Yeah, we want to get to those moments where we have to, you know, we finally get to quit saying, oh, that's the, you know, there's only like a handful of, you know, right. LGBTQ um, or black women DJing. Like we finally want to get to that where it's like everybody's voices and we can all just get in a big party and have some fun where we're not thinking about like, how do we break through this next glass ceiling all the time? Right, exactly. Um, okay, let's dig down <laughs> to some of these songs, right? Because you have, you put me up on game right now, help me get myself together. But people may okay. know you because you did a song with uh, TT um, and it's called Off the Chain. And this was sampled by Chloe Bailey yes. for Have Mercy. So talk about that. I was over here listening to that like, what? Because you don't, you don't think about like how much, how different music is and how it could, you know, be sampled, turn into your own thing, change it around because music is so fluid like that and inspirational. Talk about that, that track for a minute. Yeah, that was, that was such a cool collaboration. Um, shout out to TT the Artist and Club Queen Records. 
Um, she's based out of Baltimore. So, you know, with her being from Baltimore, me being from Jersey, we had similar club culture. So we decided to link up to make a mixtape to just show unity, show, you know, being a bad bitch, you know, mm-hmm. make boss, bossy club music, you know, bossy, bossy, empowering feminine music, you know, right. <laughs> for the exactly, clubs. Yeah. Um, because it could kind of be a bit misogynistic at times and we wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, fight that, but in the music and make it fun. So, uh, so that collaboration off the chain, it was definitely a popular track. And it's crazy how club music went from sampling different sounds and songs to being sampled because Murder Beats um, included the sample within his beat that he made for Chloe Bailey's debut song. And it was just such a cool um, moment because I was always a fan of Chloe back when she was, you know, heavy being a duo with her sister. Um, mm-hmm. I always admired how much she produces um, as well as sings. And she doesn't really, you know, she really shows it, shows it off. And I'm kind of in that mood, like being a black girl, I feel like we're always like told to, or, or we just been in positions where we had to dim our light. And yeah. I'm just not doing that anymore. I feel like it's a disservice to me and like, you know, my abilities and people who believe in me and my abilities, you know, like just do it all girl. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, no, hundred percent. Um, yeah. I love how Chloe does that. And it's been great because, um, this platform called splice, they're based off, uh, they're, what they do is they give out samples. So anybody who's a producer out there, um, or maybe like if you do audio for different uh-huh. things, you know, they have a lot of different soundscapes. You could download samples for free because sometimes you have to buy sample packs and they can be pretty pricey. So free, royalty-free sound kits. I have a kit on there that is my version of the infamous Jersey Club kit, which is like, you know, it kind of shapes the sound of the genre that I yeah. make. Um, I got to meet Murder Beats through that platform because they had an award show. And I met Murder Beats the day that Have Mercy went gold. And that was really cool. We were like, what? I finally get to meet you. How how the heck did you find my song? Like, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Thank exactly. you. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and I also met Chloe through Splice as well. Um, earlier this year, um, Splice hosted a dinner to... Um, welcome a new award for the Billboard Women in Music uh, ceremony where they have a producer of the year platform, a producer of the year award now, which is great because before it was songwriter and I feel Mm. like songwriter could be so wide, you know, like it could be the producer, it could be the engineer, it could be the person that wrote the lyrics, it could be the person that, you know, did the harmony. So I'm happy that they kind of gave the producer themselves like a special award Um, And I met Chloe at the dinner and it was really nice to like full circle, meet her finally and talk about how she heard the song about the sample, about producing, about cool nails. Um, Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. That that is cool. You better keep um, dropping these nuggets of knowledge. I hope people taking notes. I I have never heard of that. That is pretty cool to be able to like, you know, make this, you know, have that be or have that sound and to be able to meet like different artists to kind of you know, can kind of take it to the next level, get exposure that way. That is just, it's so interesting because you, you, you know, a lot of times you hear the negativity, right? About the digital age that we're living in, but that's yeah. pretty cool to be able to have that access, you know, to producers, to artists that may not, you know, may not see you any other way. Yeah. 
it definitely I feel like it definitely worked for me it, it's been it's been so organic you know oh what I mean God. the way that I've met people and the way that people have heard my music and um the way I'm going about putting my voice out there as an artist and making money doing it too um just staying very <laughs> true to me yeah. it's been cool yeah, I like that. Okay, now we got to talk about, we got to go back to Jersey Club because I could just stay here and talk to you about this all day. Jersey Club movie, this music video. Okay, I saw some flames. I saw the Aaliyah poster, I think from chapter two. I was like, okay, I got to know more about this. So so break it, like take us into your world on this one. Like where did you come up with the idea? And you know, why 90s sitcom? Like why was that some of the influence you wanted to go with? <laughs> well, I'm happy you found it entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that video it was definitely a lot of fun to shoot um shout out to Ishel Vaughn he's a big producer over here in Jersey um that works with a lot of artists right now so I really wanted to work with him and yeah we created this vision basically when I made this song I produced this song just you know chilling in my bedroom um as I do most of my songs it's very like a calming environment and the song samples Ashanti. And I just was like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to make a Jersey Club movie because it's like from Ashanti's movie. And that that song just always brought me to my adolescent years of being like mm. boy crazy or like <laughs> the 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 boy is super girl crazy. Um, so the music video, I just kind of wanted to make it fun. Kind of has inspiration from Sister Sister, like where... You know, they're just like, go home, Roger, because he's a nerd and he's just like, you know, creeping on me. <laughs> um, but also a little bit of Family Matters to where he mm -hmm. turns from a geek to like a GQ, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like um, that, yeah. In his, in his wildest dreams, of course. But <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to just tell a story with the music and put like a visual to the Sonics. Yeah, I want to keep doing that for Jersey Club, especially... Um, since the type of Jersey club that I make is very pop and, you know, feminine. Like, I just want to put like more out there for us girls. Jersey club yeah. with his nails and hair did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like the video, you guys got to check it out. It was such a good, it's such a good time to, um, you know, like you said, just to be able to express yourself how you want to. You was getting it with the dance moves. It just ah, looked like you. right, I like try. it just looked like fun. Yeah, it just looked like fun, and you don't get to see a lot of that. Like you know, sometimes um, you know, music um, some these days can get a little like you know, it's a little serious. They have you know, they're they're putting a little bit of different you know kind of spins on it, but it's good to just take it back to the like. Let's go back to the nineties a little bit, have some fun. Yeah. you know, mix up the style. And, you know, who doesn't love that storyline, right? Of the guy that's the nerd that gets you know his dreams. He gets to be the fly. You know, the fly guy that's dancing with the pretty, you know what I mean? With the pretty girls. So that's like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you get that spin that that's what we loved about the sitcoms back in the day. Um, but I want to talk about you're not just about influ influencing us, making a difference with your music. It's about the community as well, which is always important. You talked yeah. about your, your hometown of Newark, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, you recently DJ for Girls Who Code. It was like a code fair, which is so cool. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was talk about so that. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh man, I, I feel like that was so full circle for me. You know, I know this is uh the Black Girls Nerd podcast, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a very proud nerd, you know. Hey, um, yeah. I'm a proud nerd, I'm a hot nerd, I'm a black nerd. And 
I will say I I really didn't put two and two together that doing all that HTML stuff on on MySpace the way that I did was coding. You know, I just was doing it. Yeah, I, I felt mm-hmm. like it was very second nature. It was like, of course, I'm going to check my page out and it's going to have music and all the my top eight is going to be a top 12. And, you know, just being a kid of the Internet, you know, uh, being able to hack stuff you know oops <laughs> no <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute look look i'll preface that by saying there is some good hacking out there y'all so don't go don't go on the negative yeah. side just because you mentioned hacking it's it, a way exactly. to do it so if you're curious go do some research if you're curious do some research exactly <laughs> um being able to download music you know because i love music clearly dj um mm-hmm. it was real full circle to be a part of the black uh the girls who code event and yeah just not only see all the attractions that they have going on for the attendees which is amazing because each station was set up so cool and it showed off tons of different artists um you know in the process which i loved um outside of the educational part and i really got to meet the ceo both of the CEOs, um, like the founder and the CEO, who are both women, um, women of color. And that was just, I, I was just like, oh my gosh. I was just in mm-hmm. awe a bit, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Because it was just very personal um, to me because I've always been into computers and coding. And it was just really nice to see that they have a community there. And I met so many cool girls um, as well at, at the at the fair so you know i made some new friends so i love that yeah you always gotta you know it's always about keeping the the girls club tight right like you gotta have you gotta have the female empowerment in every genre because yeah we gotta keep it we gotta keep it building um so for people that i know i definitely cannot wait to see what you got coming next i want to keep following you keep figuring out hope you come back and talk to us but let everybody know where they can continue to listen to your music maybe see you dj and you gotta talk about club queen uh club queen radio let me get it right um where they can catch you every other tuesday so tell them about that Yes, every other Tuesday, um, if you guys want to keep up with me and the latest and the greatest in Jersey Club, global club music that's going on in the airways right now, um, tune in to my radio show. It airs every other Tuesday on Sirius XM, um, channel 51 at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. And it's called Club Queen Radio. So I just play my latest and sometimes my unreleased tracks, um, as well as other people's um, releases. I also sometimes air my DJ sets, which is really cool. Because I I used to miss when radio did that, you know? I miss when radio used to kind of have like that live, like, ooh, I'm tuning in right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm there in the club. I hear it going on. Um, I don't hear that anymore. And I used to hear that so much when I was younger. So I like to air sometimes my DJ sets um, to just have whoever wasn't there be a part of it. And whoever was there, relive the moment. (laughs) So that's a lot of fun. And yeah, if they want to keep up with me, they could catch me on all social platforms unique. And like I said, it's spelled different because I come different. U-N-I-I-Q-U-3. Hey, yep. Yeah. (laughs) And coming up next, I'm just working on more new music. I've been in the studio vigorously um, because my fans deserve nothing but the best. I call them my club heads. Okay. My club heads and my freak (laughs) Um, 
they deserve the best. So definitely more music coming this summer, more visuals because I want to tell more stories. And um, I'll be throwing a little block party in my city. So I can't wait for that to happen. I've been planning that um, to happen. But yeah, August 12th, going to plan something special for Jersey. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. y'all hear that? Y'all better get ready. You better get ready to get your tickets. Yeah, for that. they better get ready. Yeah. They better follow me. They need to find out what's going on. Y'all need to find out. Don't be like me, okay? Don't come late to the party. I had to get myself together. So follow, figure out what she's coming up to. with you next. Never late. You never Listen, late I appreciate that because I was like, what have I been doing? <laughs> I saw a Jersey Club movie. I was like, I better get it together. But yeah, listen, you need. I appreciate it. You guys follow her on all the social media platforms. Figure out what she's got going um, going on next, and you know, you never know. It's a surprise. I like it. I like it. I like the interest and the inspiration that keeps coming out of Unique. So, Unique, I appreciate it. Thank you. Shout out to all my black girl nerds. Hey, there we go. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. I appreciate it. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and we're going to a galaxy far, far away like we love to do it here on Black Gunners. Any excuse to talk about Star Wars, and there's so much going on in the Star Wars universe that you're not running out of things to talk about these days, including Star Wars Vision. Hope you guys are watching volume two. It is now on Disney Plus, and I have a star of one of the episodes with me today, actress Jordan Curette. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Your episode was so cute and had so many important messages. But I want to start with the fact of you have been performing since you were two years old. And I'm curious for you, when was the moment where you were like, okay, this is where I fit in. Acting is what I really enjoy. Yeah, um, I feel like around two years old, you know, of course, you're just starting to learn how to talk. So I wasn't really able to express, you know, verbally, but it was more like um, everyone could see that I loved performing. I mean, there's videos of me from early on from where I was singing Mary Poppins. Like I was singing before I started talking. I, I loved performing. I loved dancing. I loved everything about acting. And that's something mm -hmm. that I wanted to be from the start. And um, I was able to verbally express that I wanted to be a part of um, the whole acting industry when I was around six to seven years old. Um, I feel like that was when I went up to my parents and was like, Mom, Dad, I really want to become an actress because I think that it's so cool that uh, people are going to be on Disney Channel. And I just I wanted to be that I want I still want to be that, you know, and um, that was something that I was able to express to them at that age. So, yeah, I think that's how I kind of told my parents. That's so cool, though. You know, at that age, just to know, you know, to be able to have some kind of direction yeah. where you know that, you know, that's your passion, where you can express yourself. Did you have any, was there like a certain show for you? Was there any kind of, you know, a certain um, actor you looked up to that was kind of your inspiration? Of course. I think the first time that I really was like, wow, I want to be an actress so bad was when I started watching Dog with a Blog. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I was a huge Disney Channel kid. So yep. um, growing up, I watched a bunch of shows um, like that. Dog with the mm -hmm. Blog. I watched Shake It Up. Um, Zendaya is my biggest inspiration. Yeah. And, um, 
I've just always looked up to her so much. So I think watching um, shows like Dog with a Blog, Shake It Up, um, Austin and Allie, I loved every every show like that. And I was very inspired to start out my acting with shows like those. I mean, who wasn't glued to the Disney Channel? Like you could just spend hours, whether yeah. it's movie, you know what I mean? Whether it's movie, mm-hmm. characters, you just stay glued to it. They just got the magic. So everybody wants yes. to be in that universe. So I can see where it comes from. But, you know, speaking okay. of magic, we got to talk about Star Wars because that just you got the big kids, you got the little kids. Everybody comes <laughs> in when it's when it's when you talk about Star Wars. So, you know, I got to ask you the number one question, right? Who is your favorite character when it comes to Star Wars? And like, were you are you a big were you a big, huge Star Wars fan before you got asked to do this project? Um, okay, so my favorite character to answer that yeah. question yeah. is probably Rey Skywalker because I look up to her so much. She's such a strong, um, independent, you know, uh, woman character. And I think that's something that's really special to have in the Star Wars um, universe. I think that it's really cool to have her as a character. And of course, I also got to say Princess Leia because she's Princess Leia and I love her so much. And um, growing up, I did watch a bunch of um, Star Wars films with my brothers and my family. I mean, I stay watching The Mandalorian with my brothers every single um, time it comes out. I mean, I remember a few months ago, or actually maybe a year ago, my brother was at my house and he was like, okay, we got to log into Disney Plus and we got to catch up on The Mandalorian because we need to figure this out. Like every single week, a new episode. So we just, we got to keep watching this and stay hooked. And so we would have to be catching up on the newest episode of The Mandalorian. And I, I mean, I, it's just fun to, you know, watch it with my family and my brothers um but growing up I was definitely surrounded by a huge Star Wars family is Goku not the cutest thing ever that that really pulled me in I know I love Grogu so much he's the cutest yeah I was like whoever I'm like give them the pay raise up and up I was like whoever came up with that character I was like knew what they were doing because it pulls at my heart every time I'm like I'm no matter what if there's a Mandalorian somewhere I gotta watch it because I'm like I'm looking for my glimpse for my moment (laughs) yeah definitely so take us into um I'm always so curious when it comes to the audition process on something like this, especially when you're talking about animation is the voice world, the voiceover world. Tell us about how did you how did the part come to you? Were you already doing some voice acting before? Yeah, so actually um Star Wars Star Wars Visions was kind of like when I started out voiceover. I think I started voiceover kind of during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and um I was booking some voiceover roles here and there before but nothing really huge like this I mean um Star Wars Visions was definitely a new experience for me and Mm -hmm. it's something that I've had so much fun doing because it was just it was all very new to me and um you know I I feel like it was a new experience going into a studio that's pretty different from live action and the whole set it's very different um the setup of the studio is pretty different too because since we were in the pandemic um 
everything was like virtual. It was on Zoom. So I was saying hi to the director on Zoom and being directed through Zoom. I said hi to the producers and um, I, I was talking to the actors like through Zoom. So it was kind of interesting because um, we were in, I was in a studio. They sent me to a studio and um, it was cool to get to go to the studio. Very cool. But uh, it was also, I was kind of sheltered with like a huge screen that had zoom yeah. on it. So yeah. it was an interesting experience and definitely it's very unique compared to like other voiceover, you know, experiences. Where did you, so with that kind of like, well, it's a little bit of a disconnect in a sense, but also, you know, we're getting used to the new tech, you know, where the future is taking us as far as auditions and working on certain roles. How were you able to figure out exactly, you know, where you wanted to take Livy and, you know, what this character was supposed to embody, you know, in that virtual sense? You know, talking, you mentioned director um, um, Leandre Thomas. He's the writer and director. What, what were you guys' conversations like over Zoom trying to figure out this character? Yeah, so I really needed to make sure that um, I got Livy right, especially because um, it was kind of hard to get to... Um, you know, fully understand the story behind it. Um, Mm. And so I did have a lot of talks with Leandre. Um, He was very helpful to me about this is how I want Livy to be, or this is how I think Livy would react to this. And um, I was definitely able to get more of a backstory behind Livy through our conversations on Zoom. Um, He is very good at directing. So he was able to direct me through even like crying on cue for Livy during um, the voiceover. And, you know, it, it was definitely a challenge, but I think that it was really easy with an amazing director like him. Yeah, that crown on cue. I've always wanted to know what the secret to that is. I don't know. You guys need to pull that off. I'm like, geez. it's just like the pressure. And then like you're looking at Zoom, right? So it's not like you have a live person in front of you that can kind of, you know, throw certain things out and try to get the invoke that emotion out of you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah, it is kind of, um, it, it was, it was a little bit difficult during the whole Zoom thing to try and cry, but, um, you know, I was just thinking about how, you know, a lot of things are going on in the world, especially during the pandemic. And, you know, a, a lot of people were struggling in this whole thing about um, oppression during like the pit, the, you know, the whole plot of it. It's pretty sad. And just thinking about it, I was able to um, let the emotion kind of drive me towards crying. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, yeah, it's a very it's a very deep episode. It's so quick. But there's so many important messages, which I think is so cool about this volume two of Star Wars um, vision that we get to kind of jump into. And um, just this idea of everybody realizing that they have light inside of them, right? That they have this power inside of them that they don't realize. And it's kind of like you have this cute little, you know, pint-sized superhero saving everybody, like everybody's giving up. And she's like, look, if we if we ask them about their light, if we tell them about their light, we can probably save ourselves. And just to be able to have that message out, you know, for kids to be able to see her kind of, you know, step into that lead role when they've done all that kind of, um, you know, when there is so much tragedy and there is and it's very high stakes. What was that like for you to play that? And what are you hoping, you know, little kids, even big kids take away from being able to see that message? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that the that Livy's character was very strong, and I was very happy that we were bringing a character like that to Star Wars. Um, I mean, of course, I feel like something that you can take away from Livy herself. I think that um, you know, being small or being you know a little kid doesn't mean that you don't have a big enough voice to use. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think that like, I think that, you know, it, she is very inspirational to people, to young girls like me, to young kids like me. And um, it's definitely, I think that her herself, I think that this message was very powerful. And um, I, I totally can relate to her about trying to help her community and, you know, being staying strong during really dark times. I think that is something that we kind of all need right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of I want to get back to your singing a little bit, too, when you're talking about, you know, being able to lift yourself up. Right. And get inspiration from that. Um, One of your your first original song you released was Lift Me, um, Lift Me Up. And I want to talk to you about what was that experience like kind of getting in the studio, having your first track? Because you talked about your love of music. Yeah. So I wrote Lift Me Up when I was like, I would say like eight years old. I was like eight years old. I was eight. So um, (laughs) sorry, my mom is like being kind of silly in the background. But (laughs) I listen, I wasn't even carrying a note at eight. So, you know, I I was just on that part. I was like, wow. Yeah, I I mean, I I think that it was just something that I wrote for fun. I think it was because I was kind of I always wanted to be busy during a child. Like, I, I, I mean, I was constantly I needed to do something so I feel like um writing lift me up it was like a good way to like kind of maximize the time that I've I had and I think that you know after school I would go to the studio to write the rest of the song and it was a very fun experience I think that um the producer that I worked with Simon he was really great I actually I met Simon through a musical performance that I did to honor Felicia Rashad and Debbie Allen. Um, it, it was called A Tale of Two Sisters, and I played Felicia Rashad. It was a really great experience. And, um, you know, I met Simon through that because he was a musical composer. So um, that was that was really cool that Simon had the time to even work on that with me. And um, I think that it was a fun thing that I did at seven years old, of course you know now I definitely hope to work on other music soon but um yeah it was just a cute song about you know being somebody's friend or and it kind of had like an anti-bullying message behind it too it was just it was that I wrote when I was like eight <laughs> hey listen that that's something right you're right sometimes you gotta stay busy you gotta find an outlet to kind of <laughs> keep yourself and see what you can kind of create and I, I'm hoping that you keep going with it because it's that that's really cool. Because like I said, I was just working to try to get my notes together at seven and eight. So I definitely oh. wasn't writing out a song. So I think that is so that is so cool that you you went to that level with it. Um, also, too, I want to talk about like there was so much going on for you, I guess, as you were younger and just being, you know, self-aware about the world is so important. You know, as you continue to get older and knowing, you know, where your power come from, comes from, where your strength comes from. Um, you did a nonprofit charity organization called Jordan's Joy. 
And to be able to realize that that is, you know, there's joy needed all over the world, especially the day, the day and time that we're in right now and how important that is. Can you tell me a little bit about that organization and why that was important? Yeah, Jordan's Joy is um, something that I made with my family around um, eight, seven years old. And I've been I've been doing it for a long time. I mean, it first started with just me um, doing small toy drives at um, my birthday parties or small gatherings. And um, then it turned into something a little bit bigger. I was able to um, donate a truckload of toys and essentials to the Ronald McDonald house. And um, it's just my way of giving back. I mean, the Ronald McDonald house is something that I, I've, uh, have a personal connection with. I mean, they helped treat one of my friends who was diagnosed with cancer. And um, now, thank goodness, he's cancer free. But we couldn't have done that without the Ronald McDonald House. And, um, you know, I think that it's a great way to give back to um, people who are helping other people out. And um, I'm very grateful that I've been able to do that because it's really needed. Yes. And that's so inspirational. And I'm hoping people take away from that message of, you know, being able to do something, continue to give back joy because it's always going to be needed, you know, as we continue to go in the future, because you never know what's going to happen, who you need to lean on. So that's such an important message. So, you know, congrats to you for doing that for your, you know, to your family. That's such a, a cute and inspirational thing to do. Um, I want to talk to you. The last little thing I want to touch on here. Let's go to the this is a new world, a different world for me that we're going to touch on right now. And this is this is exciting that I found out. Do you play pickleball? I do play pickleball with my dad. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, tell me, like, how did you get into that? And like, what is the first thing I need to know if I want to start pickleball? Because I'm trying to figure out why I'm not included in this whole, you know, this this whole movement that's going forward with pickleball. Yeah. So honestly, I think it's something that my dad is just really overly excited about of course I'm definitely more of a tennis girl so like pickleball is like fun for me but I just like the action of tennis a little bit more um I think that pickleball is like something that my dad and papa are like super excited about and they're like this is the future generation's new best thing ever like this is this is amazing like I I I can't believe this doesn't have more recognition but you know I think it's getting more and more popular over the years um I mean my it's basically like the mini version of tennis it's where you have um like a smaller it's kind of like you have a smaller racket and like a smaller ball and it's not like ping pong, but, um, it definitely can feel like that for me. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think that it's cool. I mean, it's fun, but I'm, I love tennis so much. Like I've been playing tennis since I was five and it's been something that I've done for a long time, but, uh, yeah, tennis is a little bit more for me, but if you like talk to my dad about pickleball, he'd geek out over it, honestly. Oh, well, I'm gonna have to get some tips then. Cause you know, or you, maybe you're saying like, <laughs> I, I haven't played tennis either. So maybe I need to start with tennis and then slowly work my way up to the expert level of pickleball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, honestly, I feel <laughs> like pickleball might be a better starter kind of sport, but I feel like that depends on who you're asking because Got some it. people okay. are like super, there's like a big debate probably against that because I feel like um, 
pickleball and tennis are very similar but also pretty different so mm-hmm. you know it just depends on who you're asking <laughs> I know right I, I feel like we just we just sparked a debate here we can figure out like you know which one <laughs> which am I going to play am I go tennis or pickleball you know so yeah but, you definitely. know while while like you know so after you let's let's set it up like this Jordan right okay so after they either go play tennis or pickleball they can like chill out you know rest get their exercise and watch Star Wars Vision how about that that's how that's how that's how of we'll course. play that sounds like an awesome day. <laughs> right? Exactly. See? Exactly. All right, Jordan, I appreciate you. This was so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.